Hey everyone, it's Dave here and Darren over there. Welcome to Good Morning Gallahorns, two old bloggers from Climbing the Pocket and Daily Norseman. We're about to get in it today. Talk about our new head coach, Kevin O'Connell. Talk about what happened with Jim Harbaugh. Plus a few other things. Coaches and defensive line, because I love my linemen. Starting here shortly. Welcome to Two Old Bloggers, home of news and commentary for your Minnesota Vikings. Boom! As the Drewster would say, first off, I want to welcome everybody here. Mary Raymond Drew, uh, Mr. Emmer, uh, thank you for joining us Today, over on my viewers' left, is Darren Campbell. Half of this two-old blogger combination. How are things up north, Darren? Not bad, Dave. And uh, it's just too bad we have nothing to Vikings to talk about here. It's just been so <laughs> So boring in Viking land the past two weeks. Nothing going on. Jeez. Yes. I, I wish just, they we were having a real hard hard time figuring out what to talk about today. Yeah. It would be nice if they helped uh, content production with you yeah. know, some storylines or something. But, yeah. Uh, we'll yeah. find Giving out. Giving us nothing. We got nothing. <laughs> All right. Let's get this show on the road. There we go to our second screen. That means slides. So, first thing that we teased on this, we have a reportedly new head coach in Kevin O'Connell. But that wasn't all the excitement here this last week. The excitement rallied around one person. This guy. What Attention happened horror. here? Well, the good thing, Dave, about uh, us doing the shows on Saturdays when things happen earlier in the week is that you get to read about all the, the, the rumors and crap that, mm -hmm. that went on. So really a lot of people have uh, have heard what may have gone on and uh, formed their opinions on that. But but really, you know, this is one of those things where last week uh, on today, like a week mm -hmm. ago, we found out Harbaugh is being interviewed for the Vikings head coaching job. Uh, he's in the mix and this is serious. And as the week went on, you know, the momentum on Harbaugh being the next Vikings head coach just built and built and built until it seemed like it was almost a done deal. And in fact, Jimmy boy thought it was a done deal. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think where, uh, that's really where things have, uh, uh, kind of got messed up. Um, and in Vikings fashion, nothing, nothing's ever a slam dunk with this, this team, this franchise. And what really, you know, it was odd, right? Like uh, how it all happened. He gets the first interview. He comes in for the second interview. Everybody knows this now. National signing day, leaves Michigan. The tweets are going that he's told Michigan, I'm probably going to the Vikings. Uh, and Gives and his staff what, a week off to take yeah, care of their business. Yeah, week off. To, yeah, the whole shebang. Uh, he's going in there. Says uh, I'm, I'm going in there. This second interview is is it? Like I'm going in, believing that I'm the guy, and I'm that's how I'm going to approach it. And uh, you know the Vikings. Apparently, this was 
was an eight or nine hour, 10 hour mm-hmm. interview. Uh, so it was a long time and uh, that they went on and, and how it turned out is that the, the Vikings thought one thing, Harbaugh kind of thought the other. And as they got talking over the eight or nine hours, it became clear that they didn't have the same expectations about the job opening. And I think that Harbaugh issued a statement after this is all over where he called the Wilfs classy. He said, Quasi uh, Adolfo Mensa is going to be a star, no hard feelings. But uh, it really seems like uh, as they got talking during this whole time, they really figured out between both sides, figured out that this probably isn't the best fit. This isn't going to work the way we want it to work. And it, and David, we talked about it last week, is that this, this seemed like it was a bit of an odd fit anyway because all of the 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 gm talk or, or sorry the the, G, the introduction of quasi adofa mensa as the new general manager earlier last week or week pre- previous to last was all about consensus building new culture uh, everybody's opinion is going to be valued and we know that harbaugh has a reputation for being very demanding hard charging guy probably a my way is the highway kind of deal I know what's best, which didn't seem to, and has a reputation for being difficult to to work with maybe. And again, that seemed like an odd fit for the Wilfs to go that way. And, uh, and during the interview, what's been come out is that the two things that Harbaugh had to convince the, the, the Wilfs and Brzezinski and Miller was one is his approach going to be modern enough considering we're looking at this? We've got a new GM who um, gathers a lot of information, analytics-driven, and, uh, and and we're probably going to be going a little bit more with the youth movement. And two, again, uh, you've got a reputation, particularly with how the 49ers situation went down as being a difficult guy to work with. Are you that difficult? And oh, I think one thing is that if – I it got to thinking that is if – Harbaugh came into this interview and he comes in and he's expecting it to be a coronation and the Wilfs and, and Miller and Brzezinski have a different view of it as they're getting this vibe from Harbaugh during the interview. Maybe they're thinking, you know, if Jim misread situation, how many other times is he going to misread situations while he's a head coach? And do we really want that when we're trying to establish a whole new thing? And so I think maybe th- that was kind of maybe the deal breaker for them and that um, that they felt that made them feel that uh, this isn't this relationship is not going to work out. That is a uh, well that's educated and thought out point. Um, I was listening to Doogie Wolfson today. Doogie said two of the deciding committee and I thought the the ones the final deciding committee was. Mark and Ziggy, uh, Brez, and um, Quasi. Two of them did not agree on having Jim Harbaugh as the head coach. Quasi was fine with it. Quasi was in the, yeah, we can do this. Whereas all four of them agreed on Kevin O'Connell, who is the reportedly our head coach. Um, you are 100% correct about Jim Harbaugh had some questions lingering of how things went in San Francisco. 
how his quirkiness of pitting people against each other. Yes, he's demanding. Yes, he's an outstanding football coach. But some of those things, were they going to work? And did the players want something like that? So this, the whole, like we said last week, the whole inclusion uh, attitude and having everybody work together might have struck at least two of that decision group wrong, which according to Doogie, it did. And that's why sometime after 3 o'clock in the afternoon, Jim realized, hey, this isn't going to work. They realized, eh, we don't think it's going to be good. And Jim, you know, sent a message back up to Michigan and said, hey, guys, I'm coming back. This is done. Drew asked just a minute ago, do we think this or that the Vikings will regret pulling the trigger on Jim Harbaugh? which leads us into actually who they reportedly did pull the trigger on. The, the, um, will, they re- will they regret not pulling the trigger on Harbaugh? I think it's pretty uh, uh, probably fair to say that there's no in-between on this one, that either the Harbaugh thing was going to uh, be spectacularly great or is going to fail spectacularly. And uh, and the Vikings erred on the side of caution. For for me personally, I'm just going to say my my opinion is my feeling on it was that uh, I was super pumped when I heard Jim Harbaugh was like in the mix. Uh, you know, for the the Vikings to hire him, a it's you know he's one of the biggest name coaches that's out there, college or pro. Uh, he's a proven winner. He's won everywhere he's gone. We've discussed this before been to the Super Bowl, been to the NFC championship game. Uh, and uh, you know that his, he's, he's got the track record. He's a great football coach. I, there would be no doubt, and there was no doubt in my mind that when he got Minnesota, regardless of what roster we had, that he was going to win here. Now, he might not be here very long. Maybe he's not somebody I was expecting would be here for uh, 10 years or more. Right. He might be a four- or five-year guy, but I really felt that he was going to make the Vikings relevant again, that they haven't been since 2017, and the team was going to play with an edge, which it hasn't played with in the past two, three, four, four seasons. Uh, so uh, to this, how this shook out, it was, it was a, you know, a big buzzkill for me last week to find this out. And to be honest, I feel like getting O'Connell is a, a, like a, a, like a, a weak consolation prize for me at this point in time. Not really all that jazzed about him, but he looks like he's going to be the head C. Will the Vikings regret it? My gut feeling is that they will. That uh, that O'Connell is not going to turn out to be – if O'Connell doesn't get the Vikings to an NFC Championship game or the Super Bowl in his tenure here, then uh, then I think that that will be lesser than what Harbaugh would have done. And so I'm not conv- – and, and with Harbaugh and with O'Connell – you know, a blank slate as far as the head coaching um, record goes, never been one. And he's, uh, you know, so we just don't know what kind of team and what kind of a leader he's going to be as a head coach and what kind of team the Vikings are going to be under him if he does become the head coach. But I was pretty certain what kind of team the Vikings were going to be if Jim Harbaugh was the head coach. And I think they were going to be a very winning, successful team. 
and we lost that by not hiring him. And uh, some people will say that uh, it, it, we'll find out in two years whether this was the right move or not. And you are probably 100% correct. But I have a question for you. If Jim Harbaugh had stayed out and never put his name in the ring, never been considered, would we be feeling differently about Kevin O'Connell obviously having a cup of coffee with Sean McVay as our head coach? Absolutely. uh, I'd have a different feeling about it. Now, on the record, I was – the D'Amico Ryans was the guy that I preferred. Uh, mm-hmm. I liked him the best. Just, and it's not because I know any of these guys or uh, have followed them all that closely. But looking at how Ryans' defense has played this year at San Francisco, um, and the way our defense has performed the past mm-hmm. two years, he was really appealing to me. Now, whereas I like Raheem can't really, for yeah, that, that's right a lot yeah, of it too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now. You can make the same argument for O'Connell, though, as far as how the Rams offense has performed with him as the offensive coordinator the last two years. Mm -hmm. Last year with Jared Goff at QB, you know, if you can make an offense work with Jared Goff, you've got to be pretty competent. And this year with Matt Stafford, who's going to the Super Bowl now after never getting a sniff at Detroit. So, hey, I think... Definitely. I would feel differently. I would feel that O'Connell, I'm not saying I'm, I'm, it's a buzzkill and it's a downer for me. And O'Connell to me feels like a consolation prize, but uh, hey, uh, he's done some good things. He's 36 years old. He's young. Uh, he's a bright mind. Not saying that the other guys aren't, but if you're looking for somebody who's working and moving along, hey, that uh, football, offensive football in particular is, is going at this point in time in the NFL, then you probably feel pretty good about O'Connell because he's on that cutting edge with the Rams working under McVay and Shanahan the years that he has. Mm -hmm. If you like the Rams offense and you like how the 49ers offense functions, uh, then you're going to like the fact that we've got that philosophy coming to Minnesota and being able to be used uh, in Minnesota with the weapons we have. And I just saw a few minutes ago that uh, Justin Jefferson is about very pumped about, about Kevin O'Connell being potentially being the head coach. Uh, he's, you know, obviously he's seen what Cooper cup put up the year Cooper cup has put up this year and last under O'Connell. And uh, he's thinking, yeah, I want some of that. There'll be no more of these games where I get like two balls thrown my way. It's going to be like 12 every game. So uh, if Justin Jefferson is happy about this, that is a, a much better sign. Uh, I think a very good sign for the Vikings because uh, he didn't seem all that happy towards the end of the year last year with the direction that the Vikings were going. Mm-hmm. Um, as Andrew said, he's 6'5". He was a former player. He can relate that way. I do quarterback. like that. Yes, quarterback. I do like that. He was quarterback behind Tom Brady. So maybe some of that rubbed off. I do like that. Um, We'll find out. Drew, uh, Harbaugh back to Michigan. They've got some unfinished business. You need to come home with a national championship next year, if possible. There was also one. And I do do understand uh, uh, there's some comments uh, below that – 
or some skepticism about Harbaugh and that he wasn't the right fit. And, and those are all fair, fair arguments. And, and, uh, it's very well that it could have been a shit show with, with him. Although it's hard it's, to believe again, but he's got hard to believe that would, it, percentage in all of football. So there just could have been a lot of like mm-hmm. off ill drama or front office head coach drama that we don't really want to see right now, even if they were winning. Uh, like I said, All I wasn't expecting that, that he would be here long term. Producing, yeah, it would have been wild for us. <laughs> and if he's getting to championship games in the Super Bowls, I think a lot of us could live with that. And we hope that's the case with Kevin O'Connell. Uh, Mitch warned, and I'm bringing this one back up until pen to paper happens after the Super Bowl, day after the Super Bowl, nothing is firm. And uh, so true. And uh, but if you if you're connecting the dots. You see that the Vikings haven't haven't uh, named a head coach up till now. All the people, all the potential candidates out there who are eliminated from the playoffs have not become the Vikings head coach, and they haven't didn't interview anybody with the Cincinnati Bengals staff. So, who do you think they've they've mm-hmm. got earmarked? It has well, to be either O'Connell or Morris across the board. So, um, Viking Jerome says we got the right man. I hope you're right, Viking Jerome. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to f- find out. Aaron, where else could he go? The Houston Texans could go back to LA. very much interested in him. And if everybody's got a price. So if they throw stupid money at him, uh, you know, he's setting up for his family. Uh, he could change his mind. Who knows? Hopefully he's he's committed offline and that he will be here on time ready to start and build the next chapter in Minnesota Vikings lore as our 10th hey, Stephen, coach thanks. ever. Thanks for joining us. And Aaron, yes, the Texans are a shit show. And if I'm O'Connell, no matter how much money they're throwing at me, I'm not going down there if it's if my other choice is the Vikings. <laughs> well. <laughs> like I said, you know, everybody's got a, a price point. Um, yeah, but you, you got to look at things a little bit like, okay, uh, what are my best options for success uh, right. if I become a head coach? Uh, you, you know, it's all all well and good to get the, the big money, but if you go to a place where uh, the, the roster is crappy, the ownership is crappy, the GM is is iffy, uh, what are you, and and you go oh and you know two and fifteen and three and fourteen your first two years, you ain't back for year number three, right? And then how much money does that make versus going four, eight, ten, twelve years with the Vikings? No, it's it's an educated deal. I hear your yep. dog is. Uh, Defending the castle once again. All right. We have a reported head coach, Kevin O'Connell. Now we have to build a staff. or He has to build a staff. You wanted to go over some of the coaches that were presently on our staff. Now virtually everybody on the Viking staff has been given permission to look elsewhere. Some have taken that chance and signed on to other teams. And others have yet to. First one you wanted to talk about was one of the best coaches on Zimmer's staff, at least last year, Ryan Ficken. Ryan Ficken, he turned around the Vikings 
special teams, which was horrible in 2020. And in 2021, they became a, a pretty solid unit. We know that uh, that uh, certainly Wang Chung, Kenny Wangu, made, turned the kickoff return unit from uh, Amir Abdullah uh, to, you know, to getting the usual up to the 25 and no f- further to a guy like Wang Chung, who got two return TDs, and every time he touched the ball, was a threat to take it to the house. Uh, the punt return um, unit uh, with uh, Didi Westbrook. He, well, he was a bit scary catching things, but he, you know, he uh, he was a decent punt returner. And uh, the kickoff and punt return coverages outside of the Rams game were solid to very good all year. Uh, Greg Joseph had a solid year, even with mm-hmm. you know a few crucial crucial misses, but. The Vikings special teams improved greatly under Ficken, and now he's the the Chargers special teams coordinator. So, yeah, is that went, a big is that a is that a big a, loss or not? Well, uh, it's a huge uh, challenge for him because Chargers, I think, had the worst special teams in the league. And uh, is it a loss? We've suffered through bad years of special teams. We know how it impacts the game. I would have liked to have kept him, but it is what it is. I think the one thing that is important always to keep in mind with, with the special teams is my dog just keeps on fucking barking <laughs> is, uh, um, is that uh, special teams performance really varies wild, wildly from year to year for most teams. And I'm not convinced that Ficken uh, as, as you know, give him credit for how the Vikings special teams performed last year. But I, I, don't feel that strongly like like he was the the big difference. Uh, he could point to that being as he came on and and after they were terrible one year and he's the special teams coordinator kind of coordinator the next and they do so well that he was the difference. But uh, I feel there's a good chance next year under him that they might have been middle of the pack or less just the way special teams goes. Uh, there's very few special team coaches in the NFL that make a big difference. Dave Tobe would be you know the one that always gets mentioned a lot and uh, so. I'm not really <laughs> walk the dog. I I am going to Aaron after this show, um, but I'm not, yeah. I I would have liked to have kept Ficken too, but he's not here, and I don't really think that. Uh, I don't know. I I think that I don't think this is a huge loss to the okay. to the special to the, the the coaching staff at the moment. Now there's another coach that has also walked, and I think everybody is very quite pleased and relieved. Indeed, Clint Kubiak going back to home, the, where he grew up, I imagine, in Denver, mm-hmm. and uh, back to daddy's uh, stomping grounds with the Broncos, quarterback coach there. Um, good luck, folks, in Denver. I uh, don't know what the Clint Kubiak did here as offensive coordinator, but he basically took a very talented unit and made it uh, mediocre. So, well done. <laughs> well, maybe he'll do that with Aaron Rodgers if Aaron Rodgers gets traded there. Hey, in that case, I want him to be the if I would like him to be the quarterback coach for the Green Bay Packers <laughs> in case Rogers stays there. <laughs> um, who knows? Now, there are other coaches that we want. We've want to. I would think you'd want to keep at least some of the coaches off the current staff. Um, and they're all under contract. So it's up to the new head coach what he wants to do. There's one that the players are absolutely screaming for to keep, and that is this guy, Keenan McCardell, wide receivers coach. 
Absolutely. And not only are the players screaming for it, but I'm screaming for it because uh, this seems like a no-brainer because, hey, just look at the year Justin Jefferson had. Uh, no sophomore slump for him. And uh, we know Justin is extremely talented, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL already. But uh, sometimes players do not progress. Uh, they don't elevate their game. And Jefferson did that. And I don't think it's any coincidence that that happened while Keenan McCardell was the wide receivers coach. He, he may kept uh, Jefferson hungry and kept working on him. And, and really, I think that Jefferson was a better wide receiver technically this mm-hmm. year than he was oh, his rookie year. And the way he does routes, runs routes, and reads routes is unbelievable. Um, it's for especially as young as he is. The kid, whether he's working with Patrick Peterson, who's helped teaching him, or McCardell, who's helped teaching him, or off season with Digsy, helped teaching him. He took a step last season, and you could see it on the field, and he was already good. He's going to be one of the top best wide receivers if he stays healthy throughout his career. And with Kevin O'Connell coming as head coach and how that offense that the Rams run translates to if they run it in Minnesota, he's going to get a lot more production. You're not going to see the games where you only target him four times and you ask the quarterback why, and he goes, well, that's what the defense gave me. Hopefully we're not seeing that. Hopefully we're seeing you know, 12, 14, 16, 18 targets and that the targets are he's deep, we're going for it, it may be contested, he's going to get it, and we end up with a 40 to 50 touchdown type season total, and he's got 30 of them. And School Mafia was just getting to a point that I was going to make, on, on you know, beyond mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson, why you want to keep Keenan McCardell reason number two, or maybe it's actually reason number one, is K.J. Osborne. And look where this guy went from zero, zero offensive snaps in 2020 to being a a very good number three wide receiver for the Vikings. 50 catches, uh, almost 700 yards, seven TDs. Like it was night and day with the way Osborne was in his rookie year and the way he was in his second year. And what's the big difference there? Well, McCardell was there <laughs> this year and he wasn't last year. I, yeah. Osborne's had done a ton of work in the off season to get better, but uh, you, I got to believe that Keenan McCardell had a big role to play in the year that Osborne had. And Amir Smith-Marset, if you looked at him at the beginning of the year in the preseason, when he couldn't get open, couldn't catch the ball. Uh, and we're like, Holy crap. Like, Uh, this guy might be the number three wide receiver or really, I don't know about this. And then at the end of the year, you know, he catches a a key touchdown against the Chicago bears had a big game against the bears in the final game. Uh, And he looked again, like a completely different guy from what he was in August to where, where where he was in December. And again, who is his positions coach? It's Keenan McCardell. I want the Vikings to keep McCardell, not just because, uh, of what he's done with Justin Jefferson, but what he can do with guys like KJ Osborne, Amir Smith, Marset, and any other young guys they might draft in this in, in this draft, draft and develop those guys, and have a really strong, deep 
Viking wide receiving core. I really feel that if McCardell is the is the wide receiver coach, that I've got a lot of confidence that he's going to get the best out of the players that we have there every time. I agree so, with you 100%. And uh, that jump for especially Osborne this year was amazing. Um, absolutely amazing. Uh, the commenters are talking about age. The Vikings are obviously were born, had their first season in 61. Uh, there are a few of us that are up there close to that, a couple that are over. But for all us old-timers, it looks to be a fun 2022 season, especially on the offense and with what this guy can do with our receivers should be special. Now, we've got the whole quarterback thing that, that'll that play into that, and I want to say it was uh, I saw somewhere up there that uh, we got to get over the money thing, okay? There is the cap issues, and we'll get through that. I think that's what they're going to spend this year, getting better on the cap. So we'll see how that goes. All right, the next coach on your list that some players have advocated for and we'd like to see, and there's been at least one comment about it, is this man, Andre Patterson. My question to you is, is Andre Patterson too much tied to Mike Zimmer? My question to you is, is Andre Patterson too much tied to Mike Zimmer to have this work? I, I think Patterson will work with whoever, but I think you're, you're right. Maybe, uh, but maybe Patterson has other ideas of where he wants to go. Now that Zimmer, who he worked with for a long time, the whole time that he was in Minnesota, I think he's got a, uh, uh, you know, a high regard for Mike Zimmer, even if, Many of us don't anymore. And so I don't think it's a slam dunk at all that uh, Patterson comes back as the Vikings defensive line coach, not only because we've got a new head coach who probably has already told the Wilfs and Brzezinski and Miller and Kwesi Adolfo-Mensa in the, well, I'm, he must have. I'm sure they asked right, him, who are gonna be, who's going to be your coaching yeah. staff? Who's going right. to be your coaching staff? I'm sure he's laid it all out for, for them on that. And maybe Patterson is not on that list. Um, and the other thing is, I don't. Uh, does Patterson want to come back under a new coaching staff? So I, I've got the feeling that uh, it's just a gut feeling, but I don't feel that Andre Patterson will be back next year, which I think would be a potential mistake because he knows a lot of the talent that they have at defensive line. He's worked with them for a few years. Um, not everybody, uh, not not everybody that I know of who's a Viking fan thinks uh, Patterson is all that as. His rep, but his reputation is very good. And uh, again, the, the, I think the players like working under him. When you see him talk in press conferences, he's very articulate and very detail-oriented, and, and, and you learn a lot about football when you listen to him. Uh, I think that those are things that obviously happen with the, that the players that would see that as well. I think he's a good coach. I'd like to see a little bit of continuity there, but I'm not convinced that he will be back. Well, and could he be back as a defensive coordinator since he was co-defensive coordinator last time? I think it's possible. True. Huh? It, it depends on – I think it depends on if 
who who O'Connell had has has already mind. decided who and where has they go. Mind. I know they. It was reported that you know even when they interviewed Graham for head coach, they told him, "No, oh, no, you're not going to be our head coach. But would you like to be our defensive coordinator?" Right, and uh, he ended up taking the job in Las Vegas, even though the Giants wanted to keep him too. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I have no idea. It's going to be. This is what's going to make this off season just so grand. Is how we won't find out until next Monday, a week from tomorrow, or a week from this Monday, tomorrow Sunday. Come on, David. Uh, that. O'Connell is or is not the officially the, the coach. And then once he starts putting people into place, we should start hearing that whether they keep Andre Patterson and he says, I want Andre as my defensive coordinator, then that's simple. All he has to do is get up in front of the mic and say that, and so be it. That is what it is. Um, or if he's going out and he's looking, you know, you, you might hear stuff, well, he likes uh, – the rumor is what Pettit, Pettitine. What's Patton? his name? Mike Mike Petten. Yeah. Mike Petten. And the reason that rumor is that there much. is they share. Most people don't know this. They share the same agent, mm-hmm. which happens a lot in football, where agents will work that. I don't want to see Mike Petten because I didn't think he was that good, but we'll see. Um, it's definitely, definitely going to be interesting. Yes, Viking Jerome patent or patience is a virtue. I wish I had more of it. <laughs> well, speaking of defensive line and Andrea Patterson, you wanted to get into our third topic of the day, the defensive line. The defensive line... Uh, we've been doing our positional analysis the past couple of weeks uh, with the, the Vikings uh, looking at 2022 and what the different positions will look like. Went over the safeties, went over the corners, went over the linebackers. And uh, one of the things that struck me uh, looking at the Vikings defensive line is in our previous positional talks of the other positions, linebackers, cornerbacks, and safeties, we've all all talked about how those positions that could be really in flux. There's not a lot of depth there. There's going to be some movement of some long potential movement of some long time starters that we've seen play for the Vikings for a long time and have played pretty well for the Vikings for a long time. Probably will not be there, be here in 2022. The Vikings defensive line, I feel could be one of the real strengths of the 2022 team. And they actually right now do have a lot of depth. I think Uh, which is not something I think we can say about the linebacker position or the cornerback position or the safety position. So the Vikings, I think have, have some decent, some, some pretty good options here, but the, really the first decision, the most important decision they have to make is that photo of that guy right up there with the huge guns, Daniel Hunter. And what are they going to do with him? Because He's due, what, an $18 million roster bonus, like the fifth day after the league, the new league year. He's got a cap hit of $26 million going into 2022. And um, he has been injured pretty much all of the time uh, the past two seasons. So Kwesi Adolfo Mensah, 
the, the, the new coaching staff have to decide, keep Hunter or find a trading partner for him. I think that uh, finding a trading partner for Hunter won't be difficult. It's just a matter of what the compensation is going to be. But I, I don't know, man. Dave, I don't know how you feel, but like I – Daniel million, Hunter I, is on a Hall of Fame trajectory. He is, he is a difference maker. Best, if not the best – defensive ends in the league he physically by himself can change outcomes of games to me you want to keep him he's not the first one i want to get rid of to make cap room anything else he's young he's only 27 he still has his prime ahead of him and he's already a difference maker in the league um both those injuries seem to be flukish whether it be the neck or this year in the torn pec. The pec. Um, those are generally not re- – uh, they're both not related. Well, the pec may be cause of the the neck and the rehab on that, but it's they're generally not reoccurring injuries, put it that way. It's not a nagging uh, knee injuries like Anthony Barr has, right? You're not going to see it over and over and over again. And he was fine before that. It's just this last two yep. seasons. And injuries come in bunches, and there you have some that aren't related and some that are related, and these are not related. And the ones that are not related, you just chalk up to, hey, it happened. So I would. my opinion is you keep him. He is the starting point on that defensive line and uh, go from there. Now, if he has another fluke injury, pops – an Achilles, I have no idea what you do, but I, I couldn't risk not – I couldn't risk letting him go because he is such a difference maker when he's on the field. That's just me. Yeah, the, I, I agree totally, uh, David, on that. And and uh, the $26 million cap hit, when you look at I, – I just kind of looked up some of the other top defensive – ends yes. in the NFL and what their cap hit, cap hit is and you know TJ Watt has a 31 million dollar cap hit now he had 23 and a half sacks last year but did you realize that TJ Watt is actually older than Daniel Hunter he is by like yeah. by like 100 and some days Damn. and he's played four less seasons than Daniel Hunter has uh Nick Bosa's 10.8 million cap hit, but he's still on his rookie deal uh, right. he's going to be like 30 million by the time it gets up uh Khalil Max just over 30 million cap hit miles garrett 13 million right now but next year it's going to be 29 million joey bosa who's not half the player that daniel hunter is like well okay he's not as good as daniel hunter he's making 20 his cap hit is 28 million a year so edge rushers are that are not as good as daniel hunter or just as good are making more than than he is i just i just think he's too important of a building lock to to let go sure you could get pretty good draft capital for Mm -hmm. him but uh if you're a new head coach and you're looking, when you look at the rest of the defensive line, the Vikings last year got quite a bit of sacks, but nobody had a spectacular number. I don't think anybody on the defensive line was any anybody that didn't, nobody required a double team. Like nobody you really had to particularly game plan for, like you have to when Daniel right. Hunter is in there or, you know, or Aaron Donald or somebody like that. I just, I think he's too valuable an asset, too young, too good to 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 let go considering like you said there's other options that you can you can go for cutting the cap 
the question is really is can you afford him and Kirk Cousins at the same time? And then you got to do some stuff there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you, so I feel the Vikings have got to keep him now. Where they could lose some space is there's been some talk about uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, Michael mm-hmm. Pierce, uh, two guys, interior guys now, but two guys who could get, uh, I've heard them names as being cut. Uh, if you look at Tomlinson's contract, okay, one thing is, he was okay last year, not mm-hmm. fantastic, but I don't think that we were expecting him to be fantastic. I think the big dis- disappointment was that uh, how the Vikings run defense performed, even though he played pretty much the whole season uh, and we were pretty porous on run defense. But I don't think cutting him, the math doesn't really work very well because he's got a pretty reasonable 7.5 million cap hit, but the dead cap is 10 million. Uh, it should, if you were going to cut him, you'd think it would, you'd really want it to be the other way around or even mm-hmm. lower. I think he stays. I'd like to see Dalvin Tomlinson stay. Uh, I think Pierce could be more likely because he's got a, a 10.2 million cap hit, but if the dead cap is 4 million. So if you cut him, you're not losing as much. Uh, you're not, you know, you're not, you're not giving away as much money. Uh, so I think it's quite possible Pierce, even though, he hasn't only been with us two years. I think he could be cut because you've got Armand Watts, who could, who is, who you know has can play very, very well last year. Is an up and comer, and I think warrants more snaps than he'll get if he's playing part time or even as a backup to Pierce. And then James Lynch is another guy who he doesn't, he won't be playing the nose so much, but another interior guy who could switch in there, young, cheap. Very energetic. I think he's got more to give, and uh, so I don't think you're hurting the depth so very much by cutting Pierce when you've got those two guys who can take some of those snaps and anybody else you might draft. Um, so I think Pierce could likely be gone, but Tomlinson not. And let's keep Hunter now on the edge stuff. I think the real key guy, the crucial guy for the Vikings is DJ Wanham. Which I don't DJ have a Wanham. picture of. <laughs> yes, that's okay. Because uh, it may not have been. But really, DJ Wanham was the leading Viking sacker last year. Eight sacks. Young guy going into his third season. Could he be opposite Hunter? Could he be your Everson Griffin? Uh, you know, or Brian Robeson to mm-hmm. Neil Hunter? You know, the, the other edge guy that has to be accounted for. I'm not sure. DJ had eight sacks last year which was a big jump from the three in his rookie year, but five of them were in two games against the same team, the Bears. Otherwise, he had three sacks the other 15 games. And I feel that he kind of disappeared a lot of games, didn't really notice them, didn't really do much. I don't know if DJ is is a difference maker, but that's a decision that the Vikings coaches have to make in, in again, like a – in their off-season analysis, I, I think Wanham will be the starter if they go with the four-three opposite somebody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, but is he a guy on the rise who we can get more of, who could be a ten-sack guy, or is he a guy who just got really two very good games, which boosted up his sack totals an enormous amount? On the and the, but the Vikings have other options too. Lots of young guys. One of the guys there, Patrick Jones, the second, didn't really have a very good rookie Number year. But three in that he, picture, ninety-three. But, you know, it was the Zimmer stuff, right? Like, that he barely got dressed early in the season, didn't get used Which much until late in the season when... Absolutely crazy, yeah. but hey, 
that was Kenny was Kenny Willickus really he he really shown in some games and other games maybe not so much but again another guy that they barely dressed a lot of the time until they had to I think Willickus is a, like a real high motor high effort guy who's best best years and he's getting better I think he could be a key piece rotational piece for Vikings Janarius Robinson don't know much about him we know he's got the great build, you know, 20 foot wingspan, six foot five, can run like the wind, but just didn't have a whole lot of production at uh, Florida State, but and was on the injured reserve last year. Is he a guy who, you know, steps it up? Um, the Vikings do have some depth there, some young guys who are question marks, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of depth there. There was a comment about should we bring Griffin back? I don't think we'll see that. I don't think uh, so. Although, although, to, to be honest, and this is probably something I shouldn't say, but I, I'd be okay with bringing Griffin Bath back as a very situational pass rusher. He he made he played well last year. The question is, when is he going to be available? You don't know with the mental issues if he's going to play next week or he's going to have another episode. And I don't think Kwesi Adolfo Mensa or the new ho- head coaching staff is really going to want any part of that. Right, and we want – Everson to get well, and if that means yep. he calls it a day on football. That's right. All the luck and love to him. I thought. I hope he excels in whatever he does next. But he because he's brought us a lot of joy over the years, and uh, but I don't see him coming back either. Unfortunately, I don't think the Vikings. I don't think the Vikings are going to do much free agency along the defensive line. Uh, as far as drafting goes, it really, uh, it, a lot of it depends on Hunter. If they trade Hunter away, then certainly they're going to have some draft capital where they can go. They'll be in a position to go after one of the top, the more higher regarded guys like Ojabo from Michigan State, Jermaine Johnson mm-hmm. from Florida State, Trayvon Walker from Georgia, you know George Karlaftis from Purdue. If they don't trade Hunter, I could still see them going defensive end in the second or third round and maybe going after a guy like Drake Johnson from USC or, or Sam Williams from Ole Miss, who's got some character concerns, guys like that. Uh, the Vikings tend usually draft at least one defensive line, uh, defensive end, most drafts, although now we've got a new regime, but, but they, they, they don't tend to draft them in the first round. I think Kenechi Udeze was the last defensive end we drafted in the hmm. first round. And that was in 2004, cool. which was a long, a long, long time ago. <laughs> yeah, it's um, going back a ways. I refer to uh, Matthew Collar had on his show a director of player personnel for Buffalo, I believe it was. He did an interview there. And they said the most important p- player on the roster when you're looking at building a team and effect-wise is obviously the quarterback, right? You've got to get the quarterback right. We all agree the Vikings and Kevin O'Connell needs to get the quarterback right. And he said the second most important player is the one that's stopping that quarterback, right? And that's usually a whole defensive effort, but there's one position in particular that he held higher in affecting that opposition quarterback than any other, and that's defensive end. That's why I think, like you just said, the Vikings may go defensive end early, uh, I would think that's about the only spot on the defensive line they would go. Um, and 
and do it that way to offset what is already a pretty good offense with a question mark right now at quarterback, whether it be Kirk Cousins or a bridge guy or somebody new, whoever, right? We still have a good offense no matter what. It's going to be good. I don't care who's playing quarterback. It should be decent next year. Uh, I do suspect they'll focus on the offensive line, fix at least two of those spots, and uh, we'll go from got there. Got to. They got to. Yeah. But defensive end early may actually be one of the routes they may take. Well, I don't. I don't know how Quasi views it. I would assume it's but, yeah, relatively the similar. And when you look at you know wins above replacement and all those wonderful metric stuff, how he takes that into effect and how that works. What makes a difference? Obviously, with Daniil in, that's a big difference. Um, want him in out of all of his sacks last year. PFF said he didn't win any of those. He just basically lucked into them because they mm-hmm. were covered sacks or whatever, and the guy ran into him type deal. So, whereas Daniil Hunter wins, um, he absolutely wins. Uh, you know, ask Aaron Rodgers. He can't stand him for that reason. Um it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. I can't wait to find out. Yeah, it'll be a, yeah, it'll be it'll be a real fascinating draft in particular because uh, you know we'll talk about this in the futures, but but uh, we we know Rick Rick Spielman's mo as general manager and how he handled the draft that was well known. Mm-hmm. We have no idea how Quasi Adolfamensa is going to run the draft. Mm-hmm. What he prefers to do: trade up, trade down. Does he like ten plus picks? Does he actually want? quantity over quality it's this is all stuff that we're going to learn here this year or is he going to start targeting the spielman vikings and zip vikings valued safety as a linebacker and running back those generally in today's football modern football are not highly valued positions um Mm -hmm. your highly valued positions are quarterback wide receiver and defensive end and corners, right? And uh, are they going to switch? Is are they going to work? You know, get the cap back under control, and then more focus on what is valued today versus what was valued yesterday. So it's going to be interesting to see. We got to ask about the Senior Bowl that was played today. I think Drew was talking about how they loved all the false starts. That's another thing. Quasi wasn't down there. I was, from what I get reported, he wasn't down there. I'm sure there was some Viking scout department guys down there, but Quasi wasn't, which is fine. Um, we'll see how all this plays out and uh, where it's going to come. Sorry, 191 zone math is tough. Okay, interesting. Oh, Drew said yeah, 110. Yeah, yeah 12, we had 12, 12, on 12 the field. defensive players. We needed 12 or 13 flag? last year to stop anybody. And I'm, go, I'm not, not even sure that would have worked. Um, <laughs> but I, it's, hey, all I can say is I can't wait for the next month or so to play out and through the draft because it's going to be fun to watch this team be rebuilt in a way we haven't yeah. seen before, in a way we haven't guessed before. 
So, and, and we're going to be, we're going to have complaints. We're going to like some of the stuff they do. We're not going to like some of the stuff they're going to do. And we'll find out in September how it all and beyond how it all works. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Whatever it is, it'll the be Red fun. Zone versus the Lions. <laughs> yeah. oh. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks for bringing that up. Well, we need to cut this one a, just slightly bit short. You have to go pick up your daughter. Uh, I have things to do as well. I want to thank. Stop my dog from barking. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure my Dane wants out too. However, he's presently asleep on the bed. Um, it's. I want to thank everybody for joining us today. It's been absolutely fantastic. I always love talking football with absolutely all of you on a Saturday when we look ahead. This is normally your pregame show. In the offseason, we're going to be breaking things down. We're reverting back to two of our old blogs. For me, it's Dave's Deep Dive. And for Darren, it's Darren's Deep Thoughts. Not to pop up that uh, logo sometime and have people ask you, why a lobster? Um, Yeah. uh, But it's been fun. I want to thank you. Any last words, Darren? Last words is... Let's see if the Vikings, if Kevin O'Connell is a guy, I believe he is. And uh, although we won't find out if, if he is, we won't find out for another week or uh, over a week that, that he is. But And then it's on to who's the coaching staff and uh, you know who, who's going to be the offensive coordinator, who's going to be the defensive coordinator. Those are going to the big, gonna be the big questions for Viking fans, and that's what they're going to have their eyes on. Who's, who's O'Connell got picked for them? And I think the other thing will be uh, – is O'Connell going to be calling the offensive plays? Yeah, we don't right? know. I, I expect he will, but I've said See, I before, hope he I'm hoping. I hope he gets no Yeah, I'm the same. It. I'm and the same. He I, I'm hoping he takes the CA, CEO role and, mm-hmm. and allows, a, allows his offensive coordinator to call the plays. I'm, I'm with you on that. So with that, everybody, have a great end of your Saturday. Tomorrow, watch the Pro Bowl if you want. Uh, there was some competitions earlier, and uh, our favorite quarterback was like, he purposely missed the hole so he wouldn't get interceptions. Which, Anyways, <laughs> but have a great weekend. Enjoy a beverage. Enjoy your favorite food. Especially enjoy your friends. And what do we say? Skull Vikings. Skull Vikings. Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody.